So I think it's key. I think sibling loss is, it can be a very, like, lonely experience. Um, and they are called the forgotten mourners um, because, you know, people are like, well, how are your parents doing? How's your mom doing? How's your dad doing? you got to be strong for your parents. And they don't really stop to realize that like we're grieving too but we have to like close the doors and do that like you know in quiet because we're trying to be strong for everybody else What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Science and Stigma podcast. Uh, it's been a while since we recorded an episode, and we're here today. It is Saturday? Yes. Saturday. And uh, we have a guest with us, along with my mom. Hey, guys. Um, Brittany is here with us to share a little bit of her story. First time, right? Yes. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm going to make this awkward, right? <laughs> I'm good. I'm glad good. to be here. So we had Bruce on, which is your father. Mm -hmm. And I think how it went was after, during the podcast, we asked about... I think I asked the question about you. And he said, you don't really talk about it yeah, too often. So you guys don't really and have so, that. So then we connected. Um, he gave me your phone number. We connected and she's here today. Yeah. So. so what's been holding you back from sharing your story mm, um i think i've been there hit a point where i realized like i really wasn't living my life like i was just stuck um after trent passed and i was in survival mode i guess you could say mm -hmm. um and I was just trying to like move, just keep moving. And if you can just make it another day or try to find joy here or there and uh, keep going. And that didn't leave time to really stop and talk to anybody about it. And I kind of tried to shut it away. So you're always keeping busy. Mm -hmm. I think you do the same thing, I do Mom. the same thing. I still to this day, like keep busy yeah. because that's to your point, it's survival. Mm -hmm. And if I can keep my mind occupied on other things and other people, I don't have to think about yeah. it. Yeah. I know I shy away from sharing the story with, with my brother passing because uh, I just felt like nobody would understand. Like, so I just felt like if, if I, didn't, I didn't need to share it with anybody else, you know what I mean? Yeah, but that's true. If you do share it, it you, you might help that one person. So that's, that's why we, I'm getting emotional. That's why we did our second episode to, to share so we could help that other person. Sorry, guys, I'm getting emotional <laughs> right now. You need the tissues. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we get them out. But, and, and to your point, you lost Trent, um, obviously, to obviously to suicide and Austin lost Kyle um, to a drug overdose. But we talk about the parents. We talk more about the mothers, like how horrible it must be. Is It's terrible. But we never truly talk to the siblings. Like how do they, they're affected by this also. Like it's your brother, it's your sister. And we never really talk about that. And so I thought today would be awesome for you to get together because Austin really is not, we've never interviewed somebody that talked about their sibling. It's been their child or their grandchild or. Yeah. So I think it's key. I think sibling loss is, it can be a very like lonely experience. Mm -hmm. um, and they are called the forgotten mourners. Um, because, you know, people are like, well, how are your parents doing? How's your mom doing? How's your dad doing? You got to be strong for your parents. Mm -hmm. And they don't really stop to realize that, like, we're grieving too. But we have to, like, close the doors and do that, like, you know, in quiet because we're trying to be strong yeah. for everybody else. I know uh, we, me and my brother didn't really have a real close relationship. And we talked about that on a podcast with his friends. 
always felt like they they had a closer relationship with him because he was always out doing stuff with them stuff like that what kind of relationship did you share with trent um well so there were four years between us i was older um we he was the annoying little brother (laughs) and he drove me insane but he could make me laugh like nobody else could ever make me laugh and like i could be fuming mad and he would turn around and say something (laughs) it's just like i'll never find somebody that can do that like ever um but yeah i mean at some point he grew up and we became uh more friends you know and i saw him as more of like He's my little brother, but he was, like, much bigger than me. <laughs> um, he was, like, you know, very protective. and um... So growing up, what was that like for the two of you? Um, so we... Was he hanging out with his friends a lot? Yeah. Um, well, like, I think my dad talked about our, our mom was not... She was in and out of picture a lot so that left the three of us and we were pretty close um so i'm trying to remember um he would have been in like starting his high school career when i was finished okay okay so uh when i was finished high school um i moved to north carolina for a while um, that's when I found out that I was going to be having my son and okay. it was just like a hectic time in my life. And, um, so I actually moved out of state for a while. Um, did you stay connected via phone or? Yeah, okay. we did. Um, so when I just feel like when he was going through all of those struggles with, you know, bullying, I wasn't really there. Came home. Uh, and that's when I realized, like, he's this big little <laughs> brother. And, um, yeah, our relationship kind of changed from the annoying little brother to, like, okay, he's, like, a best friend. And he's been there throughout my whole life. Like, he's mm-hmm. somebody I can trust. And so when he went away to college, he he always had a close group of high school friends. Yeah. You know, some of the kids he played football with and everything like that. He went away to college. He maintained his friendships here, but he was only up at Shippensburg. So um, he was hanging out with old friends, new friends, um, and they were doing a lot of partying, which I don't, I think that was a newer thing for him. Mm -hmm. Um, So he made a lot of, he made a lot of friends up there and he, yeah, he was always hanging out with them um, and partying. I guess. Were you a big partier? Was I? Yeah. I mean, maybe. <laughs> okay, <laughs> in high school. <laughs> yeah. Don't tell my dad. No, no, in high school. Don't listen to this part. <laughs> he knows. He knows now. Now it's funny because I can like look back and be like, hey, dad, I did this thing you didn't know about. You can't do anything about it. Mm-mm. Uh, but yeah, I guess you could say I was, I had my close group of high school girlfriends too, okay. and you know, we would get into our own trouble. <laughs> now, I know your dad was talking about his perception on suicide cause he dealt with it as a police officer mm-hmm. and he said he, he didn't really, I mean, he didn't really care. That's a term you want to use. Yeah. What was, what's your, what was yours before your brother committed or um, what would he say? Completed. Completed suicide. Yeah. Yep. I did listen to the podcast where you guys had him on, and um, okay. some of the things he said, I was a little bit shocked by. But yeah, I didn't, I didn't know that that's how he saw things yeah. um, as a police officer. But um, before, I wouldn't say that I had that same like. Did you experience it before? Did you know anyone who So you who just did weren't it? aware so of it. So your brother you was the first My brother yeah. with it. Okay. Yeah. I mean I 
I work in healthcare, I'm aware of mental health. Um, I struggle with, you know, my own issues with like depression, anxiety, but I never, I wouldn't ever be like, okay, that's somebody who doesn't want to live. So it doesn't really bother anybody else. Like that's, I, that's hard to hear. That is really hard to hear. But sometimes is that a mechanism to deal with being that police officer or that healthcare, like in the emergency room or yeah. just because if you, you constantly see that day after day mm-hmm. and hear with it, like, do you get hardened to that? I think, yeah, there are definitely things you get hardened to. But it's hard. But I don't know if. If suicide is one of the, I, I just don't know. I just can't see it. Like I would, I feel very like empathetic or, you know, for anybody who has lost somebody, I, it wasn't like, well, they wanted their life to end. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. you know, yep. that was their choice. I, I don't know. I'd be like, what can I do? Like, what can we do? How can we help? Yep. And mental health is, is everybody has it. We all have it. Yeah. Every single person has mental health issues, whether they want it, they're on different spectrums. It's really where do you want to be? And if you admit it and you want to get the help for it. So we're like all over the place. Let's go back to what led up to your brother's, um, decisions. Um, so like I said, he was partying a lot. Um, he started to miss work. I believe he missed a few days of work, which is not like him. Um, he was coming home from his reserve weekends and he would just leave his uniform, lay on the floor. And it's like, he's, that's not like him. Okay. Um, and then his ex-girlfriend, I know they were still, he, they were still talking, but, um, I know she came over the night before, um, and they were out in the car and they were talking and I came home from work it was like seven o'clock I just worked like a long 12-hour day and my dad's like you should go talk to him he's out in the car crying with you know his his ex-girlfriend and I was like I'll talk to him tomorrow I don't even know why she's here like it's you know she shouldn't be here Mm -hmm. and tomorrow came and I got up for work and um I just felt like this heaviness that morning and I couldn't put my finger on it I knew that my dad was just irritated with him because like he seemed to be making this you know downhill Mm -hmm. slide like he just didn't care about certain things and we didn't see that as a sign but Mm -hmm. Um, I remember walking down the hallway and I was getting ready to go down the steps, but I could see into Trent's bedroom and I could see he was still laying in bed because he was so tall and his feet like (laughs) hung out over the bottom of his bed. Um, and my dad came walking down the hallway and he was like ticked and he like swung the door open He's like, it's time to wake up. Like, you can't just lay in bed all day. Um, and I just remember, like, in that moment, I just, I felt really, like, heavy. And I could just feel for feel for him. Like, you, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I had to be at work. So <laughs> um, I kept moving with my day and it was my son's first day of kindergarten oh jeez. so um I was trying to you know get him there and it was just I had to move on but it was like I couldn't shake that feeling okay um so I went to work and I was you know snapchatting him and he like wasn't responding to me I was sending him these like snapchats of the pet turtles that we had there in the office. <laughs> um, and I don't remember. 
I know that my dad the night before said you need to talk to him and I had planned on like sitting down talking to him you know when I got home that night mm-hmm. um so it was about four o'clock maybe five o'clock I don't it was later in the evening um and I was still at work and the arrangements I made for my son to be picked up, my dad was supposed to go and get him from uh, the daycare facility after his first day of kindergarten. And I kept texting him. I was like, did you get him? How was his day? Like, you're not, why aren't you answering me? Yeah. Um, and then... Um, this family friend of ours, she came into the office where I was working, and she had this distraught and, like, shocked look on her face, and I was like, hey, are you okay? Like, what's going on? She's like, I just want you to know, uh, Brayden and, and your dad are okay, And then she couldn't get the words out. And that's where I started freaking out because I'm like, what happened? Were they in an accident? Like, um, and she said, no, it's your brother. Um, there's, there's been, uh, an accident. I said, what do you mean? And she said, he killed himself. And right in the office. Yeah. I mean, we were back in, in the hallway, but it was just a, yeah. I just fell to the floor. I couldn't believe it. Like, I was in shock. Understandably so. Mm-hmm. And then, like, uh, so I had some awesome coworkers who were like, let me drive you home. And, um... We had to wait until we could get the last patients out of oh, the geez. office. And so I'm, like, hiding out <laughs> in the kitchen, like, break room. And I, like, remember feeling this flood of emotions. Like, I didn't know if I was angry or sad or confused. Yeah. And I just wanted to, like, flip the table over. And, yeah. like, I couldn't do anything. Like, I just... And also, like, I wasn't home. I wasn't communicating with my family mm-hmm. at that point. I didn't know for sure what was happening so um we we went home and all of the you know the road was blocked off and all of the police officers that I've known for years um they were there and my dad's best friend (laughs) He has been around forever. He uh, he came out into the car to greet me and kind of prep me. And, um, like, I went to get out of the car, and I couldn't walk. My legs, like, I couldn't walk. So they carried me inside, and my whole family was in there already. That's a tough day. Mm-hmm. And how do you move on from that? <sighs> think you just move forward what were your thoughts if you can remember I mean you said you were angry at work when you got there like what what were your thoughts for that first week were you still angry did you have questions or uh yes so many questions um but I remember feeling like I was just in a fog it was kind of like shell shock. So I couldn't tell you what I was thinking. Okay. <laughs> I just, exactly. I, I do remember like having the question, why? You know. Did so he I think leave I, a note or did he not leave a note? No. Okay. No. I think I can relate to that as far as like a couple of weeks after. You, I really don't remember too much on how I felt. I know to help me get through it, I went, I used the gym as an outlet. Did you use anything as an outlet or did you just kind of stay busy? Like you said, 
couldn't find that outlet. It took me a while. Um, but that's where I found the gym. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, I remember feeling like weak and like mentally and physically and, um, I didn't know like where I was going to find joy or at what point I might find a little bit of happiness. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, I did find the gym. So your son was five, about five at that point, if he was in kindergarten, how did, how did you handle that with him? Uh, yeah. So that night we all went over to my aunt's house. Um, and I have to ask, were you the kind of person that wanted to be around family at that time? Or were you the one that wanted to be by yourself? Because mm-hmm. for me, I wanted nothing to do with anybody. I just wanted to be myself and that was it. Yeah. I did find it comforting that so. they were there. Um, the extended family. Mm-hmm. Because if it was just me and my dad, I don't know that, you okay. know. I could have handled that. When you were okay with the family, you you were kind of to yourself when everybody comes to visit. So you know it's in and out. Well, like she said, it was like a fog almost. But I didn't really like the fact that everybody was there that was there. I don't care who it was. Okay. I just felt like I wanted my my own time. You know, I wasn't even downstairs. I was always upstairs. Just. Like, this was, I don't know, I just felt like I had to deal with it myself for some reason. Yeah. Because I guess at that time, I didn't really have a close relationship with anybody, even including you guys. Mm-mm. Except for a friend or two that I that I actually contacted as soon as it happened. And those are the people that I actually opened up to first about the whole situation. But other than that, I didn't feel like I wanted to be around any family or anything like that. Yeah. It was just a different perspective, I guess. Yeah. Um... Now, there were times, you know, I like, I just didn't want to be alone with my dad to talk about it, I don't think, because we, we just couldn't at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was comforting to have everybody around. Um, and it, I had some, you know, some of my good friends show up without, like, I don't even know how they knew. It must have like circulated it gets very on Facebook fast. really yeah. fast. Like, you start like, seeing people, people that you don't start, even think yeah. of either. People come running down the sidewalk, oh my god, and they like embrace you. I'm like, how? Like what? <laughs> they hear it on police scanners. We had people there before the coroner even got there. Like, mm-hmm. and I'm like, how does everybody already know the phone was ringing? And I was like, we didn't tell anybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I didn't want to like. We didn't tell any. Well, we didn't make the announcement for you know till the next day because I was like I just can't it's been a long evening Mm -hmm. and how did you feel about that announcement when people asked I know we kind of went off topic on how you like how you spoke to your child about the whole situation oh um sorry I know (laughs) that's that's okay but before we go back to that how how did you feel when you had to announce how he passed um to be honest, at that point, now I can't say it's the same now, but I was, there was some shame in that, you know, I didn't want to tell people that. And it's the stigma of yeah. how they're going to perceive everything. Mm-hmm. And now, like, and it's the same with, with overdose. Like, when they ask me, what are we going to put, how are we going to put this? Now you're reading the paper all the time. They died of suicide. They died of yeah. of overdose because people are talking about it more. But then, oh, he died. He died at home. Like, what does that mean? Well, yeah, what does that mean? And and to your point, like I remember going through the line when the people came through at the viewing. Oh, what happened? Like I had one person like ask me like, what happened? And I didn't I didn't know how to respond. Yeah. I was like, um, we're still waiting for the autopsy. <laughs> 
<laughs> because I, I didn't know what yeah. to say. And it was about the stigma. Like, I knew how he died. I knew that day how he died. But yeah. I was just not ready to say it. Mm-hmm. You know? So, yes, yeah, so I just want I was just curious how you how you handled that. So, back at that point, you were ashamed. Yeah. Like, we, we weren't... We just... It was different. We were worried about how people were going to judge us. And the same in, in your situation. Yeah. It's tough. And I think for my dad so quickly to come out and be like, it's, you know, this is what it was. It was suicide. And to not hide that. And I don't know if he felt that shame. But I think that it's a good thing that he did come out and, you know, he made that known. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think I would have been good if you would have did that in the paper too. And you wouldn't have all those questions being asked. Today, now, I would have. Mm-hmm. But even even afterwards, like, ours was a little bit different. They took his phone, so they were trying to figure out where he purchased these drugs. And oh, so yeah. we didn't know, like, what the police officers were doing. And I, I remember not even saying anything when his friends were in the bedroom that night after he passed like I didn't know what I should say what I shouldn't say and apparently I said to them if you're doing what he was doing please stop yeah I don't remember saying that but it it is the stigma and today now I feel as though I would put that you know in the paper because it it needs to be said and it's not shouldn't be embarrassing it shouldn't be the stigma that it is and it creates you know it creates like connection for other people Mm -hmm. who are going through it I think to realize they're not alone and they, you know. Yep, I, I agree. I mean, it, it's not funny, but it is funny. He got a haircut the week before he passed away. He went to the barber and got his haircut, and the barber messed his hair up. And oh, so no. he asked his dad to help him fix it. And so his dad fixed it and they shaped it up. Well, then he saw a spot that his dad missed. And he took the clippers and he thought the attachment was on it and it wasn't. And so when he tried to fix it, he literally shaved that spot. So he just got pissed off and shaved his whole head. And so we didn't share with people. And I remember his last Facebook picture that he put on of himself. He's bald headed. And I remember one of the comments saying he must have died of cancer. He had he must have been going through chemo. He doesn't have oh any hair. And and I just I laugh about that now, but like to the point is people want to know when mm-hmm. you put in the paper he died at home. What does that mean? Yeah, you they're, know. They're... And so every scenario, but I remember that nobody knew his haircut story except us that he shaved his head because he had a messed up haircut. And people were talking about cancer, and I'm like, no, it wasn't. Uh, they were just assuming. <laughs> you know? But at, for one moment, I'm like, well, if they want to think that, okay. And then I was like, this is wrong. Like, no. Yeah. I don't want them to think that. So yeah. that's that's interesting. So let's get back to your son. <laughs> How did you handle that with your son? Um. So my son was five. It was his first day of kindergarten. You know, my dad picked him up. And when he came home, that's when he found him. Okay. So my son was there. And to be honest, uh, my dad and I haven't talked over the details of this because I'm just trusting that he handled it in a in a way that didn't you know traumatically impact my son um from what I understand he you know went upstairs realized something was wrong he's searching around he found Trent and then he went downstairs grabbed Brayden and took him across the street to the neighbor's okay. house and he said something's wrong with Trent I gotta go you gotta watch him okay and um so he he was kind of <laughs> bounced between our neighbors while they were trying to like I guess I don't know if they're trying to help or I just feel like everybody was there and I wasn't you weren't. <laughs> like, yeah. so um yeah does he, he ask questions today about it or? Um, yes. So for, you know, that night we did explain to him that just, we just said that there was an accident and um, he was hurt and Uncle Trent's in heaven now. And that's to the extent that a five-year-old could probably. Comprehend. Yeah. 
That's um, something people never really think about is the conversation with young ones. Mm-hmm. When someone, that's like your first introduction to a loss. Like that was his first time mm-hmm. ever hearing something about a loss. And then to ex- try to explain, because I know a friend of mine, she has a little one and I think it was a pet fish or something like that died. And she said, she explained like the fish is in heaven and the little one was like, well, what's, where's heaven? Yeah. And it's like, try to have that conversation with a younger kid. Yeah. It's gotta be tough. Thankfully, I mean, I, I took him to church a lot, so he, okay. he has a little bit of a background and he could comprehend that, but he like just didn't understand why his uncle Trent, like that's what his question was like, well, why? Well, what happened? Usually, kids' <laughs> curious. Why, why, why? Yeah. <laughs> um, but today, I mean, I that was something that I just like dreaded for years because I didn't know at what point he could comprehend that or he should hear that. Mm-hmm. But we do these events, right? And he always comes to these events for Bart's Brigade. So mm-hmm. I'm like, I can't keep like not telling him. Okay. So uh, we had the conversation, he was nine or 10. This is maybe a year or two ago. Um, and he was sad, but I think he knew. Like, I think, I don't know if he just knew what the <laughs> word like meant and he had seen it associated with like Bart's Brigade. But I remember my mom saying, are you sure he doesn't know? something and I'm like no I've never had that conversation with him she's like because he asked me like did Uncle Trent hurt himself wow yeah and I think he was like six or seven at that point so I think all that time he kind of had a an inkling what was going on so let's fast forward where are you at today in terms of what? Just in general, like mm-hmm. dealing with it, losing your brother. Obviously, is he the only yeah. sibling that you had? Yeah. Okay. Um, well, for the first two years, I felt that fog. You mm. know, I didn't feel like I was moving forward with the rest of the world. Um, and then there came this point where I was like, I'm not living my life um so i started working out and going to church and doing the things i needed to do um to take care of myself first and i'm also i feel like i have a lot more patience with people and i'm a lot more compassionate Um, and I can sit and be present with people and just at work, like, you know, we have to ask, are you feeling like down or depressed? Do you feel like you might hurt yourself? Um, some of them answer yes. And it's like, I can just be I'm able to just like hear their story Mm -hmm. and be present with them. Whereas before I'd be like, I can't talk about this. Okay. That's tough. And go into like a a panic. Okay. So as siblings, because I want to get to that part of it, you said earlier, now I forget what you said. What what are your, the forgotten mourners? Mm -hmm. Like I've never heard that term before this. I don't think I would. So that's interesting. I started feeling like I was a little bit crazy um, because (laughs) I had these, like, I didn't know if it was normal to feel that alone. Um, But when I Googled some things, tried to find some books, um, that's one thing that came up a lot with the loss of a sibling. It's very much the forgotten mourners. Can you explain that a little bit more? Hmm. Well, <laughs> because uh, our parents lost a child. 
Okay. And that's like the ultimate, you know, um, loss. And so people want to know how they're doing. And they always look past the, the siblings. Mm-hmm. So that's basically what that means. Yeah. I would have to agree with that. I think you, this is nothing against you, but, but a lot of the times it's, it's, it is about like, she's always talking and even Dylan catches you sometimes like we lost Kyle and you always say I lost Kyle mm-hmm. and I don't really take offense to it. It's, it is what it is. You're dealing with it your way and that's how you handle. But yeah, I agree. Like you always look at it as a parent mm-hmm. standpoint of, Oh wow, they lost a child, but you don't look at the, the siblings. Yeah. And that's so, why I thought this podcast was important because even through the podcast, everyone talks about me, mm-hmm. you know, even to the point where their dad's saying, what about the dads? You know, like, true. what about the dads? It's always about the, the moms and the moms. And I think it's because the moms go to these group meetings more like all yeah. the meetings I go to. It's moms. Well, moms on a mission is what I just said to the one lady who texted me the other day. I said, it's like moms on a mission, but we do forget. I mean, is there groups for that's my question is there groups for siblings is there support groups um i mean as far as i went with that i i saw some facebook groups that like i had joined but i didn't find it very helpful and i actually stopped following them it was more triggering than anything um i know for me i just i don't know i I guess i try to handle everything myself yeah well that's yeah it's it's basically what it comes down to that's pretty much what it's come to and i've gotten used to doing it that way did either of you get to the point where you're with family and everybody's asking me or or your dad like how they're handling things did you ever personally get to a point where you wanted to scream what about me oh yeah (laughs) not no you did, but yes. you did. Not with Kyle's situation. I think I was just more worried about me. I care less. Like, I don't know. We haven't talked about it in, what, six years. And it's like, I really didn't care what you guys thought. But when it was going through it, when, you were, when we were going through it, and family would come over and talk about it and never say to you, Austin, are you okay? In the beginning. Yeah. Did anybody ever come to you at the beginning and say, Austin, are you okay? Besides your close friend close friends that's probably it so nobody nobody took you aside and said are you okay they maybe have mm-hmm. i just don't remember it's like did they it's do like you, that it's do like you a distinctly fog. remember them asking like how are your parents yeah yeah so like when i would go to the gym and i, I still get this nowadays i mean it's like how are your parents doing mm-hmm but they do ask me, like, how are you... I don't know if they mean it in the sense of how are you doing with the loss of your brother or... I, I don't know. It's just... I guess to your point, yeah. They always asked about the parents. Which it didn't It didn't make me feel certainly. Like, I didn't... And maybe you feel differently, but for me, it didn't... I think... Um, I think just the... I was dealing with some of the abandonment... Um, part of the grief, um, like, I don't know how to explain that, but yeah, there was a sense of deep abandonment with that loss and, um, all of those overwhelming feelings that you are already having, you're like, I don't know what I'm feeling. I'm feeling so many things at once, or I'm feeling nothing at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then all these questions like, well, what about your parents? Or, you know, what about your dad? And it's like, I don't know. What about me? Like, I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and we don't think about that. And, like, now it's to my attention when I when I talk to other people, like, I need to know, like, how are the kids doing? How are the siblings doing? And and you said abandonment. Sometimes I think about that as a parent, and and, and maybe your dad. I don't I don't know your relationship with him, but sometimes I get so caught up in that 
that you do forget. Mm -hmm. And that, I mean, we just had this situation when Dylan's wife got pregnant. Um, We were just starting into the podcasts when, when she announced that she was pregnant. It was our first podcast when she came and told me that I was going to be a a grandmother, which by the way, congratulations. You're our one year anniversary (laughs) podcast. (laughs) This is our 52nd episode. So, but I remember her telling me and, and I was excited but at the same time, I just started these podcasts, and I remember it was brought to my attention by different people. You got to stop talking so much about Kyle. Like, there's other family members. You have other kids, and you're going to have a grandson, and oh. you need to, you need to recognize that as well. Mm-hmm. And I really had to self-reflect. At first, I was angry. Right. And I was like, what are you talking about? Like, I'm never going to forget him. I dare you tell me I can't talk about him. And, But then I had to take a step back and put myself in their shoes. Maybe since this happened, when we're at functions and things, everybody talks about, I wish Kyle was here or whatever, and they talk about it. And I do have two other kids. And it just made me yeah. self-aware, like... Maybe, and you just said the word abandonment, and that's the exact thing that came to my head. Like, I want to talk about him, but I have to also realize that I have two other sons that are still with me. That, and how selfish am I when I say I'm I'm okay with death? I am okay with death. I have a relationship with God, but when I say that and I say, well, I'm okay with death because my parents are in heaven and Kyle's in heaven. Well, what does that say for that? I think you called mm-hmm. me out on that one time. And so it is abandonment to a point mm-hmm. because we get so involved with what we're doing. Your dad has his, his um, thing that he works with, and I have some of the things that I work with in the groups that I work with. So how do I get involved in things they're interested in or you're interested in? Because sometimes I'm just thinking this talking out loud now. It just made me realize that I get so involved in these groups to help people in addiction and stuff. What do they do? He likes the gym. I did go to the gym with him once. He <laughs> tried to help me. <laughs> but to your point, the abandonment part, like, Listen, do, do we forget? You guys made us. <laughs> made me. <laughs> so don't forget about us. Yeah, but you see what I'm saying? Do you mm-hmm. get where I'm going right now? Like, this is just yeah. a revelation that I just had when you said the word abandonment. Do you feel like you, did you feel abandonment? I honestly didn't. I, even I was I was a little jerk that I just said it a little bit ago, but for me I like I back to I just I just worry about myself. Like nobody, I came to realize I learned a lot, and uh, I came to realize nobody owes me anything, and I can't expect anything from anybody. That's He's, just he doesn't have expectations anymore. Thanks to other podcasts. Would you say your events in your life, losing your brother, makes you who you are today? Um. You said it brought you more awareness, more sympathetic to your your work environment. Yeah. So you would you would agree that it it's, made it's, you it's shaped. Would who, you say for the better? Mm, some aspects, yeah. Like those, yeah. The compassion and yeah. the I just want to be a light for people mm. and help people. Um. So in that aspect, yes, but there are still you know, dark times. I just, I guess I appreciate what has happened to us. Not me, because I'm looking out for you. But no, like, I'm as, a, as a person, it, it definitely made me who I am today. And I appreciate that. Like I, I learned and I grew from everything. Mm-hmm. So like, I don't know. So one thing Austin shared with, with me um, one time is, if he could go back and change anything, he wouldn't. If you could go back. Would you change anything? Absolutely. You mm-hmm. would? You'd rather have your, your brother here with you right now? Yes. He had so much to add to the world. Like, I think he would have done amazing things, and he would have helped a lot of people. Um, Do you think he's living through you, though? That's a good question. <laughs> I've, she I've, doesn't want him to live through her. She wants him to live beside her. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, your dad, your, your dad mentioned the same thing. Mm-hmm. 
we, we mentioned that everything happens for a reason. And he said that he, uh, he had a conversations with people and he's like, Trent should be here next to me. Mm-hmm. I don't he, think that this happened. It obviously it happened for a reason that Trent decided, but I don't think in the divine purpose of like the, the world or like God's plans included, like you're going to die this way today. Like, it was his choice. Like you're, that that was his free will and his choice, and um, I think that like God had a lot of other things for him to do in this world. But um, so it's two different perspectives yeah. there because he when he said that he said I wouldn't change anything. Like we are who we are today because of our story. I get what you mean though. We have to own our struggles, and they can either make us or break us Mm -hmm. and we have to make the best of what we're given um and we're stronger for it but doesn't mean we have to like it yeah no (laughs) it's not easy i mean i would definitely change change that but so this might be hard for you and you can tell me I don't want to do this but your dad didn't really um explain too much about your brother tell us about your brother other than he was your friend and he was bullied tell us about him what were his best traits and what would people what would his friends and you remember him tell us one of the funniest stories oh my god he's just so funny (laughs) um okay so I had a girlfriend over the one day. She was, like, friends with him. You know, she was a family friend. She was always there, right? So he's, like, her little brother, too. Well, we are sitting there watching a movie, and we start to smell this, like, stench. Like, like there was death in the house. And I walked into the kitchen. I was like, what are you doing? And he's standing over the stove and has a big pot like of boiling water i was like what is in there and it was a deer head that he had like he was trying to get the skull you know i guess he just couldn't wait he had to boil the meat off of this rotten deer skull i was like flipping out i was like this is why we can't have nice things The head, like the hair, like the fur and everything? Yeah, like, but he had it sitting out in the sun for like a few days prior. So I'm like, it's been out in the sun for like three days and then you bring it in and boil it and don't open any windows. Like, it was disgusting. Did it work? I don't think so. I made him stop. I was like, you gotta get this out. Put it back on the sun. We, we can't live like this. Nature, nature do the rest of it. That that's funny. So you, he was a hunter, I uh, think. It. He was a hunter. Okay. Yeah. Um he was always like uh picking like little like sh- lines out of like uh shows. Have you ever seen the I don't know if it's Family Guy or what, but it's the guy with the umbrella, like the newscaster, and they're talking about the news. He's like uh I don't know. I got to I'm going to have to pull it up and show you after this. <laughs> But he would do the perfect voice. Um, like, it's gonna rain. <laughs> it reminds me of Kyle, actually. Yeah. I'm like, what's the weather out today? He's like, it's gonna rain. He used to do the, the Steve Irwin. Karaki, mate. <laughs> what did he say? The Steve Irwin, the guy that got, well, he got stung by a stingray or something like that. Mm-hmm. He, he died. Oh, oh, the crocodile. Oh, the crocodile guy. Yeah, mm-hmm. he used to, he had a video, he walking around. <laughs> Yeah, I like to know the person. I mean, we can talk about the sadness of it, but they are people, and they mm-hmm. were good people that just made uh, the wrong decision for whatever reason they yeah. made that decision. And so I'd like to hear the funny stories because everybody has a good part to them as well. Between the two of you, is there anything that you want to share with people that are out there that are experiencing the sibling loss um, that might help them or... <laughs> they're looking at each other <laughs> because we have two perspectives here clearly mm-hmm. both of you lost a sibling but have different feelings and views on it which is good um, so there's there's all different views on it 
I would say use it and look at it as a as a positive. Explain use it that. as a use it as a tool. And uh, it really like makes you think about life differently. Mm-hmm. You definitely look at life differently, and I would I would agree with you. It gives you more patience with other people. And uh, yeah, use it as a tool, learn from it, and help other people. Because you were, I believe, you're put in that situation for a reason, and you were put on in that situation for a reason to help other people, bring awareness to other people. That's what I I, I would say. Do you get mad so, that Kyle put you in this position to have to do this? Kyle didn't put me in this position. He put he he didn't put me in this position. But he passed, so his choice put you in this position. I don't see it that way. Okay. He doesn't put me in a position. I I, I allow myself to to see things and view things in in my own perception. So I I can say like it was his fault. Like why did he do that? Why do you do this? But I can't I can't do that because it's not. This is my life. It's my decision. I make decision every day to think how I want and feel how I want. And I can't allow that to, to bring me down. Like, like in the end, in the end, life goes on. So I don't know what your perspective is. I'm waiting to hear that. She's biting her tongue right now. (laughs) But I don't want to say it does matter, but the fact that it happened, it doesn't matter anymore. It does. You gotta, you gotta hear me out here. Like (laughs) life, life goes on. So the fact that Kyle passed away. Yeah, I learned from that. I dreaded it, and I had so many emotions like you did. I was in that fog, the emotions of anger, fear, like all that stuff, and I just wanted – I didn't know how to feel. But life goes on, and right now I'm living life, <laughs> and I'm not letting that, like, alter my decisions. So, you know, I don't know. I'm very emotional for some reason today. <laughs> but, yeah. Okay. Now let's hear Brittany's side of this. Well, I thought that was good. Um, I do agree with some aspects of that. Yeah. Um, as far as like you have to. Well, she can't get out of her head what you just said. I know. Well, I agreed with a lot of your points. I thought it was good. Like literally, you have to move on from it because you're you you can't. Or you'll get stuck. You'll get stuck, and and where's that going to take you in life? Nowhere. Mm -hmm. So you literally, like you said, you said, "Does it piss me off that Kyle did what he did?" It can't. It can't do that. Like I can't sit there and say Kyle did this to my life. It's any any situation. So you you guys got divorced. So dad struggles with that. He can't say mom did this to you. Like my wife did this to me. He does. But you can't. You can't because you'll live that way the whole rest of your life. And at the end of your life, you're going to be like what just happened? I just I was literally stuck the rest of my life because I didn't live I didn't move on from that. So the experience happened. I moved on. I dealt with it, and I'm trying to use it in a better way. But I'm also moving on with my life because I can easily get stuck in that and say, "Kyle, yeah. you you definitely like made this hard on my life. Like this is your fault." But where is that going to take you in life? Nowhere. So, so if, like you, you said, have you, to use the experience for good. Yeah. And share your story, no. and you know, help other people who are going through similar things. Yeah. But I yeah. So do you blame Trent sometimes for this? So, okay, so here's <laughs> where we differ. So sometimes I will be like driving in my car and I don't know why, but it's like the car really like I can connect there with him. Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's like some songs will come on or whatever and it's like, okay, you want to talk? Like, <laughs> I'm still pissed. Like... You were supposed to be here. Like, we're, I can't, you know, like, I lost out on a future with my brother. Like, I don't have anybody else here. Like, you were my family. When my parents pass away, like, you were my family. Like, and not only did I lose a brother, like, my son lost an uncle and a mentor and, like, one of the main uh, male figures in his life. And, it makes me mad and sometimes I'll drive in my car and I'll be like well yeah I'm pissed um but I still love you and I wish you would talk to me has he ever talked to you in a dream or a vision yeah I've had a couple of those 
Um, have you ever seen orbs? I've heard of them, but I personally have never seen them. What is it? Orbs? Orb. Orbs. Can you explain what it looks like? Because I think I've heard about them before. Um, so I forget what it said when I woke up and Googled it, but <laughs> <laughs> my therapist like said, yes, this is a thing. Uh, so basically one night I was sleeping, um, and it was in that same house. Um, and I had my son in the bed neck, like in the bed with me. He was, uh, snuggled up next to me and like, for some reason I woke up and it was like pitch black, but I saw this like golden light and it was like an orb and it was flying like between me and my son like over top of us like hovering and i know this sounds insane no we don't we believe in this stuff like we we're very intrigued by this um and then i sat up i was trying to reach for light switch but like i couldn't find it and i was thinking maybe it was a drone because it was actually there i wasn't like I rub my eyes and like it goes yeah. away like it was there so then it stopped in front of me and like I would reach for it, but it would back away. It didn't scare you? That happened like three times. I was a little freaked out, but I was like, um, what the heck is happening? <laughs> <laughs> um, so then it essentially like it flew over my son and then it kind of just like dropped and dissipated like into, yeah into the air i've heard some crazier things and that's trent do you believe that's trent i yeah i do that's awesome but that that's that's great though right (laughs) i mean people are afraid but that that's similar to like the visions that we have with kyle we actually see him and and he's gone but we've been able to have a communication with him that's in a dream though yeah that's a vision that's when we're sleeping it's not a dream, it's a vision. But we're still sleeping. Yeah, but we're still sleeping. But you actually woke up and saw it. And I've yeah. heard people that, that have witnessed that. Yeah. That's cool. The I only ever had one dream, and it was a few weeks after. And it was basically like we were sitting there, and he's like, you couldn't have changed anything. Because, you know, I'm racked with guilt. Mm-hmm. And what could I have done? What could I have changed? He's like, nothing. It had to happen. Do you believe that now, since you saw him and he said that mm-hmm. in a dream? I still don't think it had to happen. But I think that, you know... Did you stop blaming yourself after that? Do you still blame yourself? Sometimes, yeah. Because... No, I don't, I'm not, like, racked with that guilt anymore, mm-hmm. but sometimes I... Sometimes I have those feelings. When you say you feel guilty, is it because you didn't recognize the signs of his depression and how deep it was going in that last week? Like you saw, you saw that he his uniform, like he wasn't working, and that was unusual. Is that why you blame yourself because you didn't see it then, um, or because you didn't talk to him that specific because night? Because I didn't talk to him that night, oh, okay. and because like I just was, you know, I had to have my dad pick up my son at preschool at a certain time, like. You know, you didn't have to do that. I see where you're going. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah. Interesting. So there's two different perspectives here. What are your thoughts on the, the phrase, everything happens for a reason? Um, yeah, so I think there's everything happens for our reasons. You know, like Trent. It died because that's what he, in that moment, wanted. And then there's more of a divine reason for everything. I don't think that that was part of... So you think it was just a choice that he made? Yeah. But everything happens for a reason. I used to hate that. I don't really (laughs) agree with it, really, because, like, as a general statement... Like, well, that happened for a reason. Well, I'm sure he had his reasons, but, like, <laughs> I don't know. That's deep. I, I used to hate that saying. Yeah. Until we started to pop. I'm like, there's no reason in hell 
that this had to happen. Like, and so I did have a conversation with somebody actually about that recently, um, who had a different perspective <laughs> on on it. We need um, to see the facial expressions between these two. I like different perspectives. Yeah, it makes you grow. Yeah. Yes. Well, so I learned, you know, something because I too, like, I hated that. Things don't just happen for a reason. Um, But he lost his dad to cancer. So it was a a very different experience, but still a loss. And, like, I think that helped him, that everything happens for a reason. In some way, that was comforting for for him. So, like, for somebody who has, you know, lost someone in a – different way Mm -hmm. that might bring comfort to them but that's yeah not something to say when you know like so in both of our situations our loved one made the decision they made the choice yeah when you get cancer i mean but then other people say well you get cancer why did you get cancer did you smoke did you do something did you not take care of yourself Mm -hmm. so then they go that route but in our case we believe that they both both my son and your brother made that choice. They made that choice. They made that choice. There are things that happen for reasons, but I don't believe that those are one of those things. Understood. And I like the different perspectives mm-hmm. between the two of you because the listeners out there are either yes, Austin, yes, Brittany, or they're in between and they really don't know. Or they have their own perspective. Or they have their own perspective Everybody because everybody's different. And, and as you guys start out, both of you have grown. You have how many years now? I know I talked about six and we're on, we're at seven and a half. So it's been a while for both of you. Mm-hmm. Um, and both of you have grown and continue to live. And to your point, it's not always easy. Yeah, but I do. I do agree with your you know, philosophy on (laughs) you just got to take it and make the best out of it. Like I know you were mentioning about how Trent, I mean, your, your kid doesn't have a mentor and how he doesn't have an uncle, would be an uncle, yes, an uncle anymore. You don't have a brother. Like I understand the brother part, but the uncle and stuff like that. And I know you listen to this video. This guy explains that, we're not given the right to be an uncle, an aunt, to be married, or any of that. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So we're not given that right. So you feel like that was taken from you. The fact that he could have been uh, an uncle. It was, It yeah, it's a privilege to have those things in family. And I feel like that was taken from me. Like, would you say, I don't want to get like combative. Like, would you say that's kind of selfish in a way? Yeah. Selfish. Mm-hmm. I just, I'm just interested. Like I, I like having conversations like this. So, But I think in some ways it's okay to be a little bit selfish in that. Like would you just say, in the car when I'm like talking to him and I'm mad at him, yeah. like having those conversations between me and him, like I'm mad at you. These are all the things that, like, you took away. But were you given that right to have those things? Nobody's given the right to have those things. But when you have them, and her, so her perspective is a little bit different than yours, obviously, but her situation is also different. You still yeah, have, I know. We you s- have Dylan. You have a nephew right now. You still have a brother. She's... When we go to, like, family, like, extended no, family... Yeah. Um, or even if we go over to like my dad's uh, girlfriend, you know, they're living together now mm-hmm. um, and she has her family over. Like I'm the only one there from my dad's, you know what I mean? So yeah, okay. like to have my brother or like my support there and for him to have a family, mm-hmm. okay, I, see. I think that would be an awesome thing. And like, I feel like I'm missing out on that. It might be selfish, but like. It is what it is. I see what you're saying, though. But it, like, like you said, it it's sounds different. selfish. It's different. You, you still have the opportunity. You still have a brother. You have a nephew, 
And while she, there's people out there that are single, you know, only children and never experienced a, a sibling, mm-hmm. you had the opportunity to experience it. So it would be a yeah. different story if you were a single child, never had that relationship. She had hers taken away from her that was given to her. So I understand your perspective where you were, you lost Kyle, but you still, and I hate to say this because somebody said to me once, well, which one, you still have two kids left. That doesn't matter, mm-hmm. but you still have family. Like family's important to me, to your point. Like when Dylan got married, I, that is when it hit me the hardest because at that wedding, we had four people in our picture. It was mm-hmm. Dylan, Austin, me, and Joe. Yeah. And that's our family. And to your point, like when you go, like that's, it's just you. It's just me and my son. Yeah. Yeah. And, and your, and your dad, he has now has a girlfriend and she has family and Mm -hmm. it's you and your son. Yeah. And so I, I, I understand, you understand her perspective Mm -hmm. on that. So now she had a sibling and he was taken from her and she has nobody. You had a sibling that was taken from you. Taken from me. Well, he was taken from you. He was, he, he left you. He always corrects my verbiage. I don't correct like, it. I'm just curious. Like, I'm just oh curious. I'm just curious. He was you, taken. Yeah. Taken from who? From I all mean, of us. Who took him? Well, he's in heaven. God took him from us. I don't know who took, I'm not going into that conversation right now. I'm just trying to help her out. Like I understand. These are terms that everybody from. uses that don't realize what they're actually saying. So when you say he's taken, a lot of people say that, but they don't realize, well, who, who's taken him? Help me. God. Help me bring me. God. So that's what people mean when they say he's he's been, he was taken from you. He wasn't taken from he me. Was taken he was taken from, from this, from this life. life. Okay. This life. We need her around more often. <laughs> She's afraid to talk now because everything no, I'm just curious. I know. He goes deep. Like we have these conversations at night sometimes on the phone. Yeah. And I'll call him. He's like, Mom, I'm in bed. And then two hours later, we're still talking because. Well, it's good. It's good we, to go deep and get different he perspective. Does. He it goes you... deep on You like those conversations? Topic. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you learn a lot. And I think it's always good to step outside of your own comfort zone comfort zone and perspective and to get somebody else's because then you know if you didn't do that how would you understand the world around you and the Mm -hmm. people in it how would you help anybody true and that's why we had you here today i thought it would be great to hear about the siblings and somebody else's view because he's very i'm very what (laughs) i'm trying to think of the right word I can't explain it. He's very knowledgeable. Like he listens, like you said, you listen to a lot of podcasts. He listens to a lot of deep podcasts. He sends them to me. And sometimes I literally have to listen to him like three or four times to capture what message they're trying to portray. Yeah. They get that deep. Mm-hmm. I do that sometimes too. I'm like, wow, that was deep. I can listen again. <laughs> like I, I got to take notes. Or he'll say something. He'll just give me this off the wall phrase. And I literally had to say, ask me that, say that again. Like the one phrase he said, I can't remember what, literally it was like five times. And I'm like, look, my mind can't wrap itself Something around out. it. So we'll talk about it later. Mm-hmm. I just could not yeah. grasp what I was supposed to be getting out of it. Well, so. Something about it. We are, we're not who we think we are or something like that. We are who you think we are. Like people think we are. Because yeah. sometimes we live in the perspective of how people see us instead of living our own perspective. Okay. I see what you mean. See what I'm saying? It took mm-hmm. me a long time to get that comprehended in mm-hmm. my brain. Because so. it's true. Okay. Well, anything else before we wrap this up that you want listeners to hear? No, either of you. Think of. No, I don't think so. Okay. It wasn't that bad, right? No. Okay, good. <laughs> well, thanks, Brittany. Um, we'll catch you on the next one. See ya. See you. Bye.